This is Dr. Edward Gaber. This episode is on facial nerve of Bell's palsy. I previously discussed Bell's palsy on my neurology podcast, part two. This is a more complete discussion. Facial nerve or seventh nerve palsy is the most common paralysis of all the cranial nerves. About 75% of all cases are deemed idiopathic with inflammation of the facial nerve or from reactivation of the herpes simplex 1 virus. The palsy has a quick onset and usually peaks in about three days. One-sided facial weakness with facial droop, flattening of the nasolabial fold, inability to fully close the eye or close the eyelids tightly, pucker the lips, puff out the cheeks, or raise the corner of the mouth occurs. There is sparing of the brow. It can be dry mouth or a dry eye from parasympathetic dysfunction. There, however, can be a wet, teary eye. There can be problems with taste on the anterior two-thirds of the tongue and sensitivity to sound from involvement of the stapedus muscle. Occasionally, pain behind the ear over the mastoid and over the face occurs. If facial pain occurs, viral otitis or parotid tumor should be considered. Paresthesias of the face are said to be from motor, not sensory changes. The symptoms often last about five weeks. If the symptoms are not improving after three days or last over three months, alternative causes of the paralysis should be suspect. The house Brackman grading system judges the severity of the facial nerve and can be used as a gauge, especially if there is a history of skin cancer or head or skull base tumors, mouth or neck cancer, parotid or other salivary gland tumors, we look for these alternative causes. Schwannomas, hemangiomas, and meningiomas can be a cause. Headaches, seizures, and hearing loss suggest a brain tumor. Basal artery aneurysms are a rare cause. Meningitis is a rare cause. The Ramsey-Hunt syndrome caused by the herpes zoster virus can cause facial paralysis, vertigo, hearing loss, severe face pain, and may not show any rash. But we always look for vesicles accrusting near the external ear os. Multiple sclerosis, HIV, middle ear infection, cholesteatomas, sarcoidosis, granulomatous disease, Guillain-Barre, trauma to the temporal bone, amyloidosis, and pseudotumor cerebri, or intracranial hypertension, are other causes. Autoimmune disease, Lyme disease, syphilis, sarcoidosis, multiple sclerosis, leukemia, and Guillain-Barre syndrome, diabetes, or pontine glioma may cause bilateral facial paralysis, and some of these may cause recurrent or alternating side facial paralysis.
Rarely, idiopathic seventh nerve palsy can occur bilaterally. A stroke of the cortex on the opposite side can cause facial weakness that includes the brow, and also extremity weakness on the same side as the facial weakness. Cortical strokes don't usually cause just facial weakness, but also hemiparesis, hemisensory loss, dysarthria, or neglect. A stroke of the facial nerve or facial nucleus involvement at the pontine level of the brain can cause weakness of the entire face, including the eyelid and the brow on the same side as the stroke. There may be numbness of the face on the same side as the stroke for involvement of the sensory component of the trigeminal nucleus and tract, contralateral limb weakness, involvement of the vestibular nuclei with vertigo, nystagmus, and involvement of other cranial nerves that affect the eyes with subtle ipsilateral lateral rectus abducens nerve palsy. Brainstem events like this almost always involve the cranial nerve six, the ambucans nerve, which controls the ability to look laterally. Sarcoidosis and leptomeningeal carcinomatosis tend to involve the base of the brain. Workup for persistent symptoms include brain and skull-based MRI, spinal tap, Comprehensive lab with a CBC, CMP, antinuclear antibody, rheumatoid factor, Lyme, syphilis, and HIV serology. Sed rate and C-reactive protein. Antiphospholipid syndrome antibodies. ANCA, ACE level, A1C, herpes zoster serology, and a monospot. Treatment is with high-dose prednisone, 60 milligrams, every morning for seven days, beginning as soon as possible, but other regimens have been suggested. The addition of valcyclovir, 1,000 milligrams, three times a day for seven days, versus possible herpes has been shown to have a modest benefit in some studies. Eye protection, artificial tears, and taping the eyes shut at night are important. Physical therapy, including massage, electrostimulation, and facial muscle exercise can help. If electrodiagnostic studies show over 90% nerve degeneration, cervical decompression of the facial nerve may be indicated but is controversial. 75% of patients recover completely, and 85% of patients recover most of their function. Long-term consequences include facial weakness, facial contracture and spasm, and twitching, and incomplete eye closure. Synkinesis with eye tearing while chewing, eye closing with jaw opening, and corner of the mouth movement with blinking can occur. Botulism toxin and eyelid surgery can help. Hope this discussion has been helpful. Thank you.